Hello, Hi Rock. Welcome to our daily devotional. Uh, we are continuing with the Gospel of Luke, and we are in chapter 5, where Jesus is going to be performing uh, a number of miracles and healings, and a number of them are going to uh, create conflict with especially religious leaders, but even some of the people. Uh, but this particular one today is a little bit different in that Jesus is going to go through um, a lot of specifics to make sure that the law is followed throughout this uh, miracle. And we'll talk about why that's the case. So we're in Luke chapter five, uh, verses uh, 12 through 16, where we read this. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. He said, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, as I said before, some uh, in a, unlike some of the healings that will follow this, uh, Jesus is very careful to uh, follow all the law's spiritual requirements um, in this particular case. Uh, you know, if we, I think about remembering back to the pandemic, you know, uh, the beginning of the pandemic where we didn't know what was going on and people didn't know how to handle it. I remember, you know, when people were like uh, spraying alcohol on their packages when they brought them in or on their food containers, things like that. Uh, we just didn't know we were, what we were dealing with. And that, that maybe captures a little bit of a sense of the unknown and the fear that people might have about disease. And so imagine being back then when you'd have these skin diseases that had such dire consequences and kind of the distance you would want to keep from people and the importance of quarantining people who were ill. Um, you know, this particular type of uh, uh, case of skin disease uh, or called leprosy here was uh, very, uh, the healings of it were extremely rare. Jesus mentions this before in uh, back in Nazareth said that uh, no one had been healed since the time of Moses, other than Naaman, a Syrian, uh, someone from outside the land of Israel. Um, but if you were to claim to be healed, it was such a serious matter that they had to verify that you were actually cleansed, kind of like at the beginning of COVID or even later. If you were uh, healthy and you could go back to work, people would kind of want you to have a doctor's note, just someone to check you out, just to verify that you were in, in fact healthy before coming back. Well, in the same way, you know, back then it would be the priests that who would check you, you were in fact cleansed of this disease. And so that would be the priest. And Jesus says that the reason for this, he says, well, in verse 14, he says, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. And, and he, then Jesus gives the reason why. He says, this will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. In essence, this would be the clean bill of health. And, and you can imagine just how much this person would have been suffering uh, prior to this. Uh, they would have had to live outside society. They wouldn't be around their families. There would be no holidays. They wouldn't be able to work. They would have to beg. And even you know, coming close enough to beg, they would have to, I, I've read that they would have to call out unclean in order to warn people 
that someone with a disease was coming by and people of course would scramble. They would look at you in a certain way. Uh, you're just uh, an, an un, literally an untouchable, someone who is just looked down upon and, and is, is feared by everybody. You can imagine, or maybe you can't imagine, I don't know if I can imagine the, the radical and incredible kind of loneliness and depression you might experience from being in such a state. And Jesus wants to restore him. But in order for that restoration to happen, he has to be pronounced clean by the priests. Otherwise, even if he is clean, no one will want anything to do with him. You know, kind of like people say, you know, they're coughing and they say, no, it's just allergies or sneezing. And they say it's just allergies. Like, you know, no, maybe I want a little bit more information than that, more verification than you just saying that you're fine. Well, in this case, it would be the priests that have to verify that. And so Jesus really is trying to restore this person. And Interestingly enough, he says, don't tell anybody. And this is uh, something that we've talked about sometimes called the messianic secret, some people call it. And basically, you know, the long and short of it is that Jesus at this point in his ministry doesn't want it widely known that he is the Messiah. Uh, one of the most important reasons was because people had the wrong ideas about that. And it's going to lead them to expect things from him that aren't that aren't uh, that Jesus isn't about to do, like to be a, a, a military general and a conquering king. That's not what Jesus is here to do. He's fighting spiritual enemies. At the same time, um, this wide knowledge of his an undeniable claim to messiahship will it, it like immediately lead to his execution. And so Jesus, though he came to die, he's not ready to die yet. He still has a lot more to do. This is near the beginning of his ministry. He has to train his disciples. They have to be ready before he goes when it does come time, Jesus will make those claims and and it will lead immediately to his execution, but uh, the time isn't yet. In any case, seeing what Jesus does for this person, this person, healing this person actually, I think, puts Jesus at risk. Uh, Jesus is taking a big risk here, and that's why he tells him to be quiet and still news spreads. And the reason why, again, is because leprosy was such a, to be cured was so rare. In fact, it hadn't happened for an Israelite since the time of Moses. So it was considered at this time a sure sign of the Messiah. And so Jesus wants to keep this quiet. He wants the, the healing to be public, but the, the means of that healing to remain quiet. And of course, these, these types of things tend to leak out and Jesus isn't able to keep it quiet. So it's a personal risk to him. And also, I love how Jesus reaches out to the person and touches him. He could, clean, he could clean, uh, cleanse him with just a word. And yet he's trying to heal him at a deeper level, not just physically, but, you know, to to welcome him back, to to restore him in, in a fuller way. And so he reaches out and he he touches him, a person who probably hadn't been touched in years and who who longed for, maybe even forgotten what it was like to be touched by another person. So I'm really moved by Jesus's compassion in this instance and also the risk that he's taking in uh, healing this man. Uh, Dave, I'm wondering what you see in today's passage. You've unpacked so many of the, the good details. I'm going to maybe a couple others, uh, but just seeing this in its context, you know, last Sunday I actually preached on the passage just after this, so, you know, a little bit later in, in uh, Luke 5, uh, but talked about how this, in fact, all of Luke 5 really is the context that helps us appreciate what's going on in Jesus's conversation with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law in the section that I was uh, focusing on for the sermon. And, and I think part of the, the, um, the indignation that the, the teachers of the law were feeling is, hey, you know, if, if a, the, some kind of Messiah is supposed to come, he's supposed to come through us. You know, we're the gatekeepers. He, he should, you know, come and get a stamp of approval for up, from us. 
Uh, just like you know, the, the leper wants the, the stamp of approval from the, the priest. Hey, we're the ones who would do that, and yet Jesus isn't going to them. Uh, and hey, if God's power is going to pour out on anybody, it should be on us. We're the ones who are fasting and praying. And yet we see him earlier in this passage. He's, you know, what we talked about, uh, I guess it was Friday or Thursday, was Jesus starting to pick some of the disciples. And he's picking all the wrong people, right? You know, just terrible, terrible choices. You know, Peter and right? nothing's going to come to that guy, you can tell. And so, you know, all James and John. And so he's he's picking all of these people. And now he's going around healing people who just don't matter, right? A leper. In the very next sections, we have paralyzed man. And, and if that's the case, then what we're seeing is the heart of God. For people that the world thinks don't matter, that the world is totally forgotten or brushed to the side, right? The, the, the very things that we all get impressed with, like, oh, you know, if God, uh, you know, Jesus were going to come, he'd want to talk to Elon Musk, or, you know, I don't know, some, some big NFL star, you know? These are the people that, that Jesus would want to spend time with. And, and yet we clearly see, no, that's, those aren't the people. Even then, right, the people who had power and prestige and social standing, Jesus would talk to them later, but he took no regard for the kind of the human categories that we so often think are very important and really define, define us. Um, I point out also the, uh, I don't know why this sticks out to me, and uh, maybe maybe somebody can write into the comments, John, if you don't already have a good answer for this, but um, there's something about the construction in English that just bothers me in verse 13. Uh, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am, you know, well, let me go back in verse 12. He says, Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. You already pointed out why that's such an important piece, touching him. I am willing, he said, be healed. I, that, that's very beautiful. But there's something um, very uh, formal about that. It, I, I would think an easier way to translate this, a more natural way to translate this, it would be if you want to, right? If you are willing, it just seems a little bit more formal. But if you want to, and then Jesus, we're in, in Greek, it's one word. It's literally just four letters. He's saying, I want to, right? I don't know. There's something much more intimate and beautiful about that. Uh, but I think that so often when we're talking about Jesus, when we're imagining Jesus, we're, we're sort of imagining him as almost otherworldly. And so there needs to be this formal thee, thou, though kind of language. And that's, I, I feel like that, that, uh, that misses the intimacy that God had come to give us in the incarnation. I mean, that just, I, I've seen such a beautiful piece. And so I, I, that's why I don't like kind of making Jesus into some kind of like, you know, I don't know, pompous bishop. Uh, so anyway, um, and, and then the final point I'll make is uh, I, I, just this last verse. And I, I point this out every time it comes up because it keeps coming up. But verse 16, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. It's not because his work was done. In fact, very clearly it was not done. It says, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. Right? He's getting pressed in on all sides, but he often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. That somehow, with all that he had to do, he realized he actually needed to reconnect with his father. And I always say that there's this funny thing that those of us who follow Jesus somehow think that we don't need to follow the patterns that Jesus thought was necessary 
in order to be effective in ministry. And so we don't think that we need to kind of withdraw often and spend time in prayer. Uh, but apparently Jesus, whom we worship and claim to follow with our whole lives, he thought that was necessary for him. And I'm just saying, maybe he had less to catch up on with the Father than I do. Like, I, If he needed it, how much more do I need? How much? Way more. And, and so I think we often use the excuse, I'm too busy. But as you know, we've talked about before, that, that that actually should be the other way around. It's when we're busy, we need it even more. When people are demanding things of us, when, when our time matters, when our words matter, when the way that we respond to people matters, actually sometimes the best gift that I can give is withdrawing from them so I show up as a healthy, my, my best, you know, reconnected with God, just human, but fully human self, uh, that I can then come in and now care for people and really be there. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of us as we're in busy days, right? Maybe you, you work in a school, you work in a hospital, you, you're just you're bringing up young kids. We have all these pressures, all these demands. And yet by taking time away, right, going to a quiet place and praying, who I come back as when I'm connected to God, when I'm grounded in my real identity, when I'm not searching for those things in, in these other people or in these interactions, now I have something to give. Uh, and I, I think that's what we see we hear in Jesus. Hmm. It reminds me of uh, someone who took that statement. You know, we always say, often say, uh, too, I'm too busy to pray. And he turned that around and made a, wrote a book called Too Busy Not to Pray. And I think that really kind of captures the idea that Je Jesus was busy and, and too busy not to pray. And the same is true for us. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm not too busy, so I'd like to pray. Uh, <laughs> let's pray, pray right now, no matter how busy you are. God, it's amazing that you would come close to us. God, I pray for whoever's maybe praying along with us today and is feeling that sense of distance and fear and shame. God, I pray that you would touch them today or that you want to and that you would make them clean. God, I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today. And I hope it was a blessing to you. And I hope it is an encouragement for you to remember to be not too busy to pray. Uh, and join us again tomorrow as we continue through the Gospel of Luke. Go in peace.